0: And welcome back to another edition of the Profit Roadmap. I'm Bear Duplessis alongside Cody Owen, as always. And hey we guys. we are uh, so blessed and so fortunate again to have our uh, founder and CEO Jonathan Potoshnik's in the house. Uh, we are so excited to have Jonathan again with us, and we've got Jonathan. We thank you so much for giving us some more of your valuable time. We really appreciate you uh, coming on board again. It's always uh, it's always a good time having you in here in the studio with us. So, but jumping right in. So, um, as as everyone has come to know, I'm in the sales division here at Service Autopilot, and right now this time of year, what I'm running into as I'm doing follow up calls for some for from some prospects, I'm talking to a lot of folks that are giving me some pushback, saying you know bear i like your product it's just not a very good time you know the busy season's ramping up we're getting started so as everybody
1: else gets busy bear gets unbusy
0: yeah i I guess that's kind of the 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 context of the conversation but it not that i um not that i'm you know begging for more work or anything
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'm (laughs) hoping you have more work
0: yes i do i have plenty of i have plenty on my plate for sure but but it brought it brought in mind a great question uh, to bring up to you, Jonathan. So, in your experience, I thought, well, this would this would be a great conversation piece for the for the profit roadmap. Because what, well, software aside, you know, service autopilot aside, what are some practices, policies, or processes that a manager or a business owner could implement at this point in the season without overwhelming their their operations?
2: Yeah. So that's a good topic. It's kind of timely because yesterday or last night I did an academy call and one of the questions on the academy call was around, should I hire another person Where you know, is it a good time or should we wait? Because if we hire some more individuals, we'll have to potentially carry them through the winter. And so I'm going to answer, I'll give you one example here, sort of in a roundabout way. So if you think about that problem, and it's May right now and you're thinking, hey, I, I've got a waiting list of work. I've got a lot of clients that that want me to install a landscape or build something or whatever the case may be. So I really need some more team members. But if I bring more team members on, what if in the next few months the season slows down and there's not as many new prospects and leads coming to us, therefore not as many clients or maybe my backlog of work starts to shrink And then will I be able to keep these individuals busy? And just that one little thing right there, if we kind of talk through that, that'll give you some hints on exactly what you should be doing. So an example uh, would be regarding that is you've got to keep your foot on the gas from a marketing standpoint right now. What a lot of companies will do is they look at their backlog and they're really busy and they write at this moment in time and they project out, a couple of things happen. If you're newer in business, you project out in the future and say, okay, this is just going to keep happening. Well, it's not. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not. This isn't you know the first time. I- every business slows down. We have seasonality in our business. Right, so point, yeah. you're going to, so the dilemma is if you take your foot off the gas from a marketing standpoint right now, because you feel like, okay, it's going to keep going or we have plenty of work and our backlog's growing, then what you risk is when everything does slow down the acceleration of slowing down is even faster because now your marketing's not out there. I just see this constant starting, stopping. And a lot of marketing is about consistency. And the starting and stopping is bad. The the stopping of marketing means that some number of days out in the future, 30, 60, 90 days, you're gonna have fewer leads coming in, which means you'll have later work, uh, work, uh, less work. So if you kind of think about it from that standpoint, one way that you can feel confident in hiring right now and growing the business and knowing that you're gonna be able to provide this enough, this person enough work or these people enough work, so you gotta keep the marketing going. And then to add to that, I can just go off on a tangent here, so I'll just add to that. So to add to that, the other thing you need to be doing right now, whether you use service autopilot or someone else's software, if they're capable of doing this, not all solutions are capable of what I'm about to describe, or if you don't use software at all, at least be noting this like in a spreadsheet and that is we, you want to be tracking some data. And an example would be you want to be tracking where every one of your leads comes from. How did they find you? Um, yes. Did they come from the web? Did they come from – and this is going to lead back to me talking about this confidence around hiring. So did they come to you from door hangers? Did they come to you from the web? Did they come to you from a referral? Did they come to you from – any variety of things, you might Facebook, anything you might be doing, you need to know. Not only do you need to know where it came from, you need to know when you got that. So I want to know that I get 100 leads in April and 128 leads in May, and I get 84 leads in June. And then ultimately, I want to be able to look back at my data and say, on average, in April of any given year, I get around 120 leads. And I also want to know that I, on average, convert 50 or 60 or 40 or whatever that percentage is of my leads into clients. Now, you'll never know that. And I'm going to tell you why this is absolutely critical. You'll never know that unless you start tracking that right now. Mm -hmm. And if you don't start tracking it, You'll never be able to answer those questions, and therefore, and as a result, you'll never have confidence. And the only way you ever go out on the limb to take someone on as a team member and spend the money on them is when you have the confidence that you'll be able to bring to them enough billable work to at a minimum break even on them. The only way you find that confidence is being able to look at data and say, you know what? Will I have enough work for the, the guy or gal I want to bring onto my team in the future? And you can look at your your numbers and you say, you know, historically, we bring in about 100 clients a month all the way through June. And then in July, yeah, it drops. It drops to about 70. And then in August, it drops to about 60. But we still convert 60% or whatever that percentage is. So let's just use some simple math. If I bring in 100 clients, I convert 60. Then I'm bringing in 60 new clients. If I know that a client on average will buy mowing, or house cleaning, or fertilization, weed control, whatever the variety of services are, I can kind of just some quick math on a paper say, we're gonna sell another X amount of money every month. I'm gonna have this amount of new work every month. So yes, I can either, I can justify this new person. And if that didn't make sense, please ask me questions. But
0: one of the biggest things in sales that I deal with is conversion, just like in any business. and. For the field, you know, the industry that I came to before I came to software, and even to a certain extent here, there's a different conversion point for sure. But, you know, the expectancy, you know, in my previous industry was about, you know, 25%. Mm -hmm. You know, I usually exceeded that because it's me, but whatever. (laughs) But, you know, about 25% conservatively based here. It's, you know, probably a little bit above that as well. What... You threw out fifty and sixty percent. Is that something that they that uh, historically speaking, in your experience, is that is that an is that a pretty accurate conversion
2: rate? We convert in the sixties, okay, um, low sixties, and that includes all the clients that we don't want, all the one time work that we don't take. That accounts for everyone that calls wow. us, even okay. what we don't want. That's not filtering out that group. And we worked to get to that conversion level. I mean, you just you know you gotta. It helps to have a decent reputation. You, you need a good team working the phone. You need to follow up. You need to be one of the very first companies to answer the phone. You should be answering your phone live. You know Those things all so lead means, to up in conversion. For.
0: That can be strived for. Oh, for sure, yeah, and I've seen and some
2: companies, like depending on how they measure it, exceed even that. Okay. It depends on a number of factors, but yeah, that's realistic. I know of a lot of companies that convert in the 50% range. And, and, and also your conversion will vary. The reason you want to know conversion is you could measure your conversion for just April and it might be, it's the prime selling month in certain markets and it might be 60%, but then in February, your conversion is like 15%. Right. Well, unless you're tracking this data and I would say in software, then you have no idea what reality is. You have this hunch, oh, we probably convert about 50%. You could be really wrong. Especially if
1: you're not the one taking all the calls. You have no idea what's happening. Yeah,
2: operating the business purely on gut feelings, and I think it works this way, is how you (laughs) get in trouble. And it's also why you have no confidence to go higher. And that's Mm -hmm. why every year is the exact same crappy year as the year before, because you didn't bring on any new team members and you didn't grow the business. You didn't get anything off your plate. So you've got to know this data It will give you confidence. And the only way you know the day is if you start tracking the data today. And that's just one of the things you got to be tracking.
1: Okay, so the the first big piece of – the first big process that someone could still implement as the season's getting underway and things are starting to get crazy is to be tracking where all the customers are coming from. Yep. And, like, if it – obviously, we would prefer them use software because
2: that's going to make their life easier.
1: But if it's pen and paper – That'll work
2: right down where the people came from. Yeah. I mean, this isn't what we're talking about, but I I started tracking job costing data, the clock in and clock out time of every single job we did on paper back in the day when we started the business. That's the Mm -hmm. one thing I feel like I got right. And it was the one thing that made our finances work in spite of all the other things I didn't pay attention to. It's that kind of an example. Like even if you don't use software, you've got to get certain data elements right. And, you know, we touched on the source. Knowing the source, we didn't even elaborate on why it matters to know where that, or why it's important to know where that uh, is coming from. Like you can probably imagine in your business, every year is like you know, spring comes, you're trying to make some decision and you're like, dang, I wish I'd start tracking that information. Or I wish I'd measured my properties last year. Or, I wish I had done this. Or I wish I had been paying attention to how much time they're spending at this job site because now I'm redoing the contract or I'm rebidding the job and you don't know the answer. It's like, I guarantee everybody's had that experience. Like I should have done that last year. I said I was going to do it. I didn't do it. And now you don't have the information you need to make a decision. That's never going to change until you solve these problems and you need to be tracking where your jobs come from um, like as in the source because that tells you should you do more door hangers less door hangers should you do more Facebook marketing less Facebook marketing should you stop doing all door hangers in July and only do them April, May, mm-hmm. March, April, May like you're just making crap up making stuff up and guessing until you have some data and when you're guessing you're making really bad decisions and so certain things have to get logged where's the work coming from how long is it taking at a job um uh Measuring your properties, maybe measuring all the neighbors properties on the streets while you're already out there just or using like online tools like we have built inside service auto light pilot. Just measure all the, the clients properties so you can send them out advertising with pricing on it or have somebody knock on the doors. Like there's so many little things like that. If you and do there it is, now,
1: I'll put a link in the show notes, but there is already a tool on our website that's available for free. You don't have to be a. If you're a Service Autopilot member, then you have access to all this in the software. But uh, if you're not and you need a tool to help you track your jobs and how long things take and if your jobs are profitable. We have a pricing audit tool on our website
2: that you can download for free. There's a link in the show notes that you can go get it right now. That's cool. Yeah. So just there's all this data you need to be tracking. And the beauty of a software solution, if it's a good one, is it makes tracking data effortlessly, especially if there's a mobile component. And until you start building this data set, then you're just never going to be able to answer questions. You'll never have confidence. You'll never go aggressively higher. You'll never know if you should be marketing, when you should be marketing, if you should be spending more on marketing less on marketing because you have no confidence the whole game of growing the company comes back to confidence confidence comes from knowing historical data about what happens at certain times of year that way you can make projections and you can live in a world of confidence
1: Okay, so we can add in it's not it's never too late to start tracking data like whatever point in the season you're listening yep. to this podcast exactly, episode the point yeah. Here, yeah. start doing it that day yes. yes
0: measurement something that they could implement very quickly or is that something that needs to be done over time in your opinion
2: Mm, you if so you could so what i think it's easiest to measure the properties as they come in or maybe measure some neighbors properties as the leads come in Um, otherwise you could make it an off-season project but the reason i think you start now is because you start to build a habit into the company into the team and as one job comes in here and there it's way easier to measure it now than to go back and have to catch up on everything so it's just one of those things you fix now but the measuring of properties is absolutely imperative because it it leads to an understanding of profitability by property type and property size. So there's a lot of individuals that are running around with companies. They don't know if their work's profitable or not. You can job cost it from the moment I arrive to the moment I leave. Did we make the hourly rate we're trying to achieve on that job? Yeah. So when you know what it costs to do a property of a certain size, what that does is it, it does a number of things. It tells you that when you get the next client, uh, how to price them. Right. For example, a if you're doing line. a lot of smaller properties, then you can literally just measure the property. I could go, I could give you 20 examples here. You could just measure the property over the phone and sell the work over the phone. That's the fastest way to win a new client, It'd be the first one to give them a price. If you have a good reputation, you're going to win the business. So you've taken them off the market, you won. The other thing is, once you, if you're measuring all your properties, then you can start to find that on average, at a property of this size, we make about this amount of money. And from knowing that average, you can find out who all the clients are. They're kind of dragging down that average and go back and raise the price. It also starts to give you a benchmark of what you, how you need to be pricing work of certain sizes. So it eliminates the guessing. It also allows you to scale the business. So for example, What is one of the jobs that most of the owners keep on their shoulders forever throughout the business? It's pricing because it can really mess up the business if the pricing is wrong. Well, as soon as you start measuring your properties and you start figuring out, on average, a property of this size needs to be priced in this way, then you can complete. You've you've basically created a system that a coworker, a team member, all they have to do is follow the procedure, measure the property. If it falls within this size or maybe has these obstacles, here's the price. You've simplified it to such a place that you can completely get that off of your plate, and now you can scale the business. So- and anybody who's been in the industry for a long time and kind of fires
1: from the gut with pricing, you're going to have problems. But also, you have a little bit of that system going on in your brain, which is why like your business hasn't gone under. Yet. Yeah, you just need yep.
0: to prove it. You just need
1: to have uh, it proven. Yep. But yeah, if you can, if you track it and you dial it in then you can hand it off to somebody else and they're able to do it. And that
2: is such a big deal. If you just think about proceeding through the growth of a business, you've got all these things you have to get off your personal plate to take the business to the next level. And this is one of those examples that really acts as a bottleneck to hold most owners up from ever getting past about a half a million dollar business. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to find a way to do it. And there, there's 20 other examples of why measuring your properties and knowing the measurements matters. One is potentially a legal issue if you're in certain use of you're using certain chemicals you have to know exactly what the size of the property is because it dictates your application rate right. so some of it's legal so
0: from a from principle from a principle standpoint uh, property measurement is essential to business but from a from in the context of our of our discussion today it may not be something you can implement overnight no
2: yeah but you could start today that's sort of my theme is you got to start this stuff now mm-hmm. and if you have a solution a data a system of some kind it'll make it easier and it'll it'll be a place to maintain that data and then if that system has tags and custom fields and reports and all that type of and great, the ability to search, then you can extract this data out of the system and you can, in a sense, do some analysis and understand what's going on. And that may sound complicated. In fact, a lot of companies that I look at and the way they operate, they overcomplicate the amount of data that they're looking at. It's my... It's kind of about just doing something like anything mm-hmm. is better than 90% of what the market's doing. And it can really give you an advantage over everyone else. There's a reason that 90% of the market never grows an interesting business or a big business whatsoever. And like we're saying, you can start tracking these numbers today.
1: Yep. When you decide there's something else you want to track, you can start tracking it that day. Yep. Like exactly. there's no reason this can't grow over time and get more granular as you want more data. Yep. Yeah.
0: I think that Oh, I'm sorry. Cody. Go
1: ahead. Uh, I was going to... For the last few minutes, we wanted to talk about something uh, very special, uh, something that Profit Roadmap listeners are getting in on just a little bit early.
0: Exclusive.
1: Yeah. So, SA5 is coming in November. I'm excited. It goes. Everything goes on sale tomorrow. Woo. So, you're listening to this on Monday. Everything goes on sale Tuesday morning. You can get in... We're going to have a limited number of after-party tickets available. Uh, early bird pricing on the conference. You can get all that information tomorrow morning. Keep an eye on our social media. If you're a Service Autopilot member, you can see it on the My Day page, the login uh, screen there. We will have that information for you. Be sure to get in on that. Jonathan, I had one question about that that's relevant to the discussion we were just having. If I am an owner and I want to be able to come to a conference that's in November, so kind of tail end of the, the busy season, what can I start doing today to put myself in a position to be able to leave the business for a few days and come to the conference?
2: Mm, that's a good question. Well,
0: I like what you did there, Cody. Good
2: job. Yeah, everything, <laughs> anything related to the concept of, well, it starts with figuring out what's taking up all your time right now. It's the example of, are you the guy or gal doing all the pricing? Are you the one that has to go pick up a piece of equipment when a piece of equipment breaks? Are you the one that has to constantly go, let's use a landscape example, they, they didn't get enough flats of flowers or enough stone or whatever the case may be. So you're the individual that has to run that, run and pick that up because your team's so busy doing all the work. There's nobody that can help you with that. It's identifying all those types of things and starting to find an individual that can do those things for you or bringing in a part-time person or an assistant or someone, hiring somebody in the office, getting them trained up. It's almost, the answer is almost always um, adding somebody to the team to Mm -hmm. take that stuff off your plate and then having them shadow you for some period of time and train them how to do that stuff so you never have to do it again. It's handled and now you're moving on to the next thing. So Mm -hmm. it would be a combination of identifying the thing that's taking your time finding somebody that can do that thing for you, having giving them enough rope to learn it, make a few mistakes, grow into the capability of doing it for you. In other words, delegating, because that's a challenge for many of us is the actual delegation. So it's practicing that skill of letting somebody else do stuff. Even if they don't do it quite as good as you, it's still a way better outcome because now you're freed up to get the company to the next level. So I'd be thinking about that.
1: And for the person who goes, oh, God, like I can't afford to pay someone a salary all year so that I can go to this conference that's three days. Maybe I stay a day on the front and the back end. So it's five days. Like that's not worth it to me. What is what are the other benefits of
2: having that person year round? What does that free you up to do the rest of the year? Yeah, this is, I mean, the idea of hiring a person just so you can go to our conference would be nonsense. Like, But that's not the real... I mean, that'd be awesome if you want to do that, but I, I wouldn't recommend... By all means. I rec- wouldn't recommend you it. do that. The It's just as you said, there are a million other benefits that come from this. And, and one of the byproducts is... What do you know? You'll actually be free to come to our conference. What do you know? You'll actually be free to take a long weekend with your spouse somewhere. The and go to so, your son's little your weekend. son's games. Like yeah. these are mm-hmm. the little benefits. And so, but throughout the year, the additional benefits are, uh, you know, what holds back most companies? They don't market, um, or they don't, and or they don't do enough marketing to drive new clients new leads. Then when the season starts to slow down for new clients coming on board, then they take their foot off the gas pedal and they're not upselling, they're not sending email blasts, they're not selling more work to existing clients. So imagine if you got freed up from some of that little that that some of that work, you could be out there making sure the Facebook campaigns are still running, or you could be out conversing with other business owners. Hey, how are you doing Facebook? Maybe it's not that um, you haven't been able to do Facebook. Maybe it's if you just freed up a couple hours a week to have some conversations with some other people, you could be 80% more efficient mm-hmm. or 100% more efficient with it, Facebook it sounds and double like, your lead flow.
1: It sounds like you're really getting close to... Uh, the idea of like $10 an hour work versus $100 an For hour sure. work. Would yeah. you explain that just real briefly? Yeah.
2: And the example I gave was just a marketing example. This gets into recruiting. Like what's, and I'll ex- explain that, but what's your biggest bottleneck in your company? Probably, it's probably finding people. What if you were freed up to go work on finding people, to talk to your vendors, to stop by, you know, where churches and see if they've got anybody that needs work. Like there's a million things you could be doing if you like literally just got out there and did them. But you can't get out there and do them when you're working your butt off every day in the field or supporting your team. So you've got to get somebody to do that stuff. I could rattle off examples. So tell me what you just said one more time. Like what was I supposed to tell you? Ten dollar an hour $10 work an hour versus hundred dollar an hour work. Yeah. Or yeah. And whatever so the the way number to think is. about it. Yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah, well, well, I'm just going to give you a simple
2: example. So like let's say you're mowing a lawn Or you're cleaning a house, and let's say a team member makes $14 an hour to do that thing, mow a lawn, clean a house, or clean a pool, or whatever it is. So when you're out there doing that activity, because you could hire somebody for $14 an hour to do that, you are only making $14 an hour. And my question to you as the leader of the company, maybe you don't have extreme confidence yet in your marketing ability, your sales ability, your leadership ability. Maybe you don't have all those skills just yet, but you're gonna develop them as you grow this company and as you learn. And you're gonna become worth more and more money. So my point is that And when you're doing the work that you could hire someone else to do, whatever you're paying them is what you're making when you do that job. And as the leader of your company, you've got to get yourself free to do the higher, uh, the, the, the tasks that are more expensive, selling, marketing, uh, recruiting employees. Those are all thinking about the future of the company, the strategy, figuring out which markets we're going after, which markets we're not going to go after, thinking, standardizing your pricing so that buying you- Buying equipment, right? Buying equipment, like yeah. all these things, they are actually jobs that if you were to go hire someone to do them, are gonna, they're going to be more expensive. But not only are they more expensive to go hire an individual to do that job, the, the strategy around figuring out what to do and what not to do will make you- and save you a ton of money if you get the strategy right. It'll just save you a tremendous amount of time as well as save the team members a tremendous amount of time that you're paying them. So when your brain is working on those types of activities, they are grow the business activities. They're take you to the next level. They're breakthrough plateau activities. And so that's the example. A $100 an hour work example would be doing marketing, doing sales, eventually even transcending sales, eventually transcending marketing and having people do those things. And then you're doing $500 an hour work, which is strategy, uh, forming partnerships with other companies, Um, and being involved in business groups and learning breakthrough ideas or sharing ideas with other people and bringing those back and applying to your company. Just simply think about what a shortcut in life it would be as if somebody, like let's just imagine because I've been down the road, maybe you're traveling. What if I just literally came and sat with you at your office every day and said, oh, well, I tried that thing. We did that for six months. That didn't work. Do it this way. And I just gave you the answer to everything that we spent millions of dollars figuring out. What kind of shortcut is that? And you can get that shortcut by attending conferences, joining business groups. That is high dollar work. Mm-hmm. Yes, you don't feel like you might feel like, oh, well, I'm not really doing any work because I'm not pushing a mower, cleaning house. I'm you're doing like mental work. Mm-hmm. You're doing massive work. That like, the the highest paying jobs are in your head kind of jobs. They're not physical jobs, mm-hmm. and they're they're figuring things out. They're solving problems. They're communicating with people. Their strategy. That's the example you got. It will just. To keep it even numbers, your ten dollars an hour work is the doing of the activity: fixing a wire, fixing a sprinkler, cleaning a house. And you know, and I realize those jobs can pay a lot more than ten dollars an hour. Hundred dollars an hour work, and this is just to kind of a visual. It sells. It's marketing. It's it's all that. It's mm-hmm. buying. It's uh, buying in bulk. It's negotiating deals. Five hundred dollars an hour work is getting the answer, figuring out the breakthrough, solving the problem, networking with other to people. to better direct. Yeah. To exactly yeah. to, to direct. Yeah, and 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 it's counterintuitive. Like, a lot of us are wired in such a way where we feel like guilty if we're not physically doing something like if we're not out there working hard, or if we're not uh, physically tired not at the end sweating, of the day, yeah. but that there is no correlation between the value of the work you're doing and the physical exertion or the actual doing of the activity. The real money goes to brain power. The real money goes to solving big problems and that's the high dollar paying jobs. You got to get there.
0: Physical exhaustion. Definitely. I mean, mental exhaustion outweighs physical exhaustion. Yeah, and it, it can
2: be yeah. just as exhausting and just as taxing. And as I like to say, the people that make all the money in life are the people that solve all the problems. The problem, mm-hmm. it's, you know, a lot of people think, hey, if I could get into management, it'd be easier. Well, you know, usually in management, which is what you are kind of as an owner, like the reason you get paid the big bucks is to figure out solutions to problems and figure out elegant solutions to problems. And that's what you get paid for. Yeah. I think there's
0: and- a great opportunity to put a pin in here. So Cody and Jonathan, we'd love to have you back to talk about that. I'd like to really explore, I don't think we have time today, but I think we'd really like to explore the problem inherently with with small business owners and their inability their hesitation or their outright refusal to delegate
2: mm-hmm. and
0: how we could explore that I think that would be a really good topic for another show so I'm gonna go ahead and tease that okay. <laughs> uh, and Cody can edit out later if he wants to works uh, but, for me. Uh, but I, I think that I think that brings about a valid point so I think just to kind of recap um, again sa5. On sale tomorrow. Tomorrow
1: morning. Tomorrow morning. First be there. Step. Be there. Be there.
0: Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, but if we could recap everything today, the the probably the best concept that we could extract from everything, it's not too late to start tracking, tracking, tracking data, information, data. And next year mm-hmm.
2: will be the same as this year if you don't start making the changes now.
0: Well, Jonathan, we really appreciate you, as always, stopping by and giving us your pearls of wisdom. Uh, it's uh, it's always fantastic to have you on the show, and we really appreciate it. So, uh, everybody, check out SA5 going on sale tomorrow. Check out all the information, detail, speakers, who's going to be there, whatnot. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be even bigger and better than last year. If you didn't come last year, well, it's going to be bigger and better. If you did come last year, it's going to be better. So... <laughs> Come check it out. As always, this is The Profit Roadmap. I'm Barry Plessy alongside Cody Owen. He's Jonathan Potoshnik. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye, guys. The music in this episode of The Profit Roadmap was Riptide and Summon the Rock by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you want to check out Kevin's music, it's some good stuff.